What does it take to keep building and maintaining international markets for farm crops? Trade missions and conversations help, but there's more. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. The almond business is fascinating, and many of you listening to this podcast may not know that California produces 80% of the world's supply of almonds, marketing them to more than 90 countries. And while quality matters, maintaining and building those international markets takes work. That's where Clay Hamilton comes in. Hamilton is Associate Administrator for USDA's Foreign Agricultural Service. A trained economist, Hamilton has served in some capacity with FAS for more than two decades, focusing on different areas of trade and development. He works with the FAS team to keep global markets hopping for U.S. farmers and other exporters. Hamilton recently spoke at the 50th Annual Almond Conference in Sacramento, California. Todd Fitchett with Western Farm Press sat down with Hamilton to discuss the FAS work with almonds, market development, and more. Let's listen in on Todd's conversation with Mr. Hamilton. So I'm Todd Fitchett, and today I'm talking with Clay Hamilton, Associate Administrator of the Foreign Agricultural Service. Good morning, Clay. Tell us a little bit about what FAS is. Good morning, Todd. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, the Foreign Agriculture Service is represents USDA across the world on all international issues. You know, we are the Secretary's direct representatives for, for any international program. We have uh, about uh, 110 officers overseas working in embassies at any one time. That covers uh, 67 countries and over 90 cities. Uh, and we're doing uh, what we're doing is uh, working very hard to 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 make opportunities for U.S. farmers. Our op- our mission is to help promote U.S. agriculture exports. So we do that in a variety of ways. We do that in policy work. Uh, we try to negotiate market access, remove barriers, make sure that our products can get in. Uh, we do that with uh, capacity building because not all markets are immediate. So we help countries develop their ag sector so that they can become more stable and become a good a good market down the road. It may take 20 years, but we've seen a lot of countries really develop into powerhouse importing countries, you know, through uh, partly through our work in helping stabilize their ag economy. Uh, we also do a lot of marketing. Uh, we have uh, market programs, uh, market access programs, where we provide uh, funding to trade associations like the Almond Board so that they can go out and do good work on promoting their products. Uh, we also have other things where uh, credit guarantee programs, we do a lot of reporting. Uh, our gain reports, Global Ag Information Network uh, reports, are are globally famous for how they provide basic data on supply, demand, production, uh, trade regulations, and things like that to to our exporters, so that they know what to expect. Okay, and let's talk about Spain. I understand you were just on a trip in Spain. Uh, how long were you there, and what did you see, and and how are we going to get more almonds in Spain? Yeah, that's one of our ag trade missions. We do six to seven of those a year, and that's where we marry market opportunities with policy. So uh, I led a group of 21 companies, uh, 11 state departments of agriculture, and 11 uh, trade associations to Spain. Uh, there were two parts. Um, I met with Spanish officials, uh, farm groups, others to talk about uh, how things are going there, where are the opportunities, how we can work together. Well, the, the 
the companies, uh, we arranged business-to-business meetings. So uh, those 21 companies had over 300 individual business-to-business meetings for meetings that were tailored just to them so that they could get an introduction into the market, uh, make the contacts, and develop the relationships they need to, to expand trade. Um, it, it, those, we find those types of programs are really beneficial. Um, one thing i found, I've, I've served with FAS for three decades. I've been overseas a lot. Uh, farmers are farmers. They all want to produce a quality product. They want to take care of their family, and they want to take care of their land. So if we can get our farmers, our producers talking to theirs, it just helps build bridges and build understanding, and it makes it easier to both uh, resolve differences and, and expand trade. Anything exciting new out of Spain? I, I, what are the numbers like for, for uh, California almonds in Spain? Um, they, Spain is the third largest market for almonds. There's about $475 million a year that we export. Um, Europe is the is total is the biggest market. There's 1.5 billion, but uh, Spain it, it takes the lion's share of that. They're very um, very dedicated to U.S. almonds. They appreciate it. They uh, they use it in a lot of their their products, uh, and so it's a very stable market for us. And so we didn't see any major gains there, but it, just keeping that relationship is very important. And and uh, the reaction and reception that that people get. Uh, from not just almonds, but tree nuts in general from the U.S. Is, was very, very much appreciated. Well, that's good. Um, and then yesterday during the State of the Industry address here at the Almond Conference, we heard about the 800 million pound grill in the room, so to speak, with the, uh, the carry-in. Um, what are you seeing with the opportunity to get, to get those nuts moved into Spain and other markets uh, quickly? Quickly is... is I'm not sure about that, but you know the the almond board is really to be commended for just how how good they are. Uh, I've worked with a lot of different trade groups, and and I've uh, I just really want to express appreciation for how much the almond board has developed uh, a small snack market into a, a global machine. I mean, it's everywhere you go, uh, people know U.S. almonds and everybody likes almonds. And so they have really turned this into a major marketing event with the health benefits, the sustainability and everything else. So I, I think they're, they're continually building on those markets. You know, I understand that uh, they have the potential to export more than they produce this year, so that will help with the carryover. Uh, and we just want to keep building on that market. We want to help the almond board uh, you know, solidify their current markets as well as look for additional new markets. Uh, yesterday they mentioned uh, Africa as a, a new market. Uh, I think a lot of there's a lot of potential there. It may take 10 or 20 years to really fully develop to the extent that Europe or other markets are. Uh, but that's where we're there to help uh, help the almond board and the exporters figure out where it makes sense and where they can get the biggest bang for their buck. Let's talk about some of the other countries. Um, have you been on some trade missions relative to almonds, or are you planning some in the near future? We have three more coming up uh, in the next six months. Uh, we've got uh, Panama, uh, Amsterdam, and Japan. Uh, and then we'll have three more, but we just haven't quite locked those in yet. Uh, I haven't been on a trade mission since before covid uh, but we've had several. We had one to Kenya. 
Uh, I know there's a, a appreciation for almonds there. Uh, we had one to uh, Gulf Food last year, which uh, is a tremendous opportunity for almonds, uh, just in the Middle East as well as, as moving on into the Africa region. Um, but we do also a lot of, of trade shows, and trade shows after COVID are really starting to, to pick up steam. Uh, people are very anxious to get back to business, you know, face-to-face meetings. Uh, and almond is the almond board and the almond producers and, and exporters are always uh, a favorite stop at those. So, so we're, we see a lot of potential there to really get, continue to get the word out. Is, is this your first trip to the almond conference in California? Yes, it is. What you what you think yesterday? I am really impressed. Uh, it just the uh, the scope of it, uh, how well run it is. You know, just the all the effort that the almond board puts into uh, into their planning and uh, focusing on future opportunities. Uh, they're doing a fantastic job. Are you hearing about any kind of new emerging markets out there in the world that you can talk about? I there. For almonds, uh, you know, pretty much the world's their oyster. I think everybody likes almonds. It's just finding out where to go that makes the most sense. I think one of the biggest uh, things to focus on is uh, sustainability and climate change. As you know, you may know USDA is putting a lot of effort into that. Uh, we put uh, money into climate smart commodities, uh, trying to help farmers adapt and, and transition to becoming more and more sustainable. The almond producers have a fantastic story to tell. I mean, they've already done so much of that work, you know, with reducing water usage, uh, you know, uh, making sure that there's no food waste, uh, being much more sustainable. Uh, so I think that's going to help them develop more markets. You know, the health benefits, all of that is very critical, and they've done a fantastic job on, on building markets based on that. But we're seeing a lot of regulations and interest by consumer groups uh, and regulations by governments on, on the sustainability aspect. And so that's something that uh, the almond producers can really, really uh, show what they've already been doing and, and, and help create more markets based on that. Yeah, we're, we're hearing about that with the certification processes out there, and, and that's, that's always been interesting to, to uh, talk to folks about. You mentioned Japan. Um, what you know? What's Japan look like these days for uh, almonds? I, I think it's a very stable market. Uh, Japan is what we call a mature market. If the population isn't growing, we don't expect to see uh, a huge jump in Im- imports there, but they're a very, uh, very stable and, and lucrative market for us. They're also very uh, – uh, uh, they put a premium on high quality, and that's where U.S. products have an advantage over a lot of the countries in the rest of the world. Uh, you know, our quality is much better than most. You know, our packaging, the way we handle it, you know, we can give assurances of the safety, food safety, and, and sustainability. And so I think that will always give us a good, uh, a good leg up in Japan. Yeah, I've, I've heard stories, too, about India and China. Mm-hmm. Um, what a what information do you have for us on that? India uh, is 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 the number one market. Over eight hundred million dollars a year in uh, in in sales to India. Uh, it's there's a lot of, of appreciation for U.S. almonds, uh, and, and the Almond Board has done a lot of work. We've supported them in trying to make sure to keep that market open. Their tariffs are very high, and so that's something that we always, as foreign ag service, we're always trying to look uh, for ways that we can combat that to get those, those tariffs down, to, even, to expand the market even further. Yeah, yeah, we, we heard a little bit about that yesterday with 
you know, particularly with, with China. Um, any other interesting tidbits on, on some uh, foreign trade, particularly with uh, specialty crops that we have out here in the West? California is, you know, they're such a, a, a fantastic producer. I mean, they, they grow a lot of the vegetables. I think, uh, uh, you know, a third of our exports uh, for vegetables and uh, maybe 50% of the specialty crops that come out of California. So uh, we're, we really appreciate all the, the effort that the producers put into, into the market. Uh, you know, 20% of ag products are exported, and for some crops like almonds, it's up to 80%. So the markets overseas are key, and so we, we do everything we can to protect that, to educate people as to what the potential is. Um, so... You know, we we work very closely with the California Department of Agriculture. We work closely with the trade associations, um, and just trying to make sure that people know their opportunities and that they learn how to get out there. Um, I just encourage anybody that's exporting. Uh, just don't forget that in most embassies we have uh, staff that are there to help them. Uh, we have our our global ag information network. It's uh, the reports that's off of our website. So if somebody's interested in a country, they can look at those reports to see um, what the numbers are. You know what what the trade is, what the import, what the production is, and we we have a lot of information on how to export as well. So we're there to help support agriculture in whatever way we can. Well, thank you very much, and and again, thank you, Clay Hamilton, uh, associate administrator of foreign agricultural services with the uh, USDA. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Global trade takes work. Even established markets need some attention to maintain market share and seek new opportunities. Thanks to Todd Fachette for his conversation with Associate Administrator Clay Hamilton with the Foreign Agricultural Service with USDA. And thanks to Mr. Hamilton for your time. This was an interesting conversation, and if you don't want to miss what we're talking about here at Around Farm Progress, simply subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more. And if you have a smart speaker, all you have to do is tell it to listen to Around Farm Progress, and you'll hear the latest episode. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer, and Feedstuffs. And our events, including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, the Farm Futures Summit, and the New York Farm Show. And the Farm Futures Summit is coming soon. This event, which kicks off first with the Farm Futures Ag Finance Boot Camp on January 18, 2023, gets rolling on Thursday, January 19, 2023, with a full slate of big speakers. Just added to the program is a conversation between Howard Buffett and farm broadcaster Max Armstrong, who will be on hand to discuss work being done for farmers in Ukraine. But you'll also hear from David Cole, Jolene Brown, and other top speakers dealing with farm business, succession, management, and marketing issues. It's an information-packed program, and you can learn more at farmfuturesummit.com, including getting your hotel room. We're back in the Iowa City, Iowa area, so an easy drive for a lot of Midwest farmers. Make plans to attend. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.